This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Idell, and today is day number nine of Wayne Dyer Week. Today, we're going to talk about treasuring your divinity. Now, this has been an ongoing message for me for quite some time, that you as you are listening are truly divine. And no matter how you want to phrase or try to conceptualize what divine means, what I believe it to mean is that we are all made in the source, a higher power, God. We're made in someone's likeliness. Right? If we if you believe that we all descended from one place or one time, then we would have to still have a connection to that. Let alone the divinity that has to be running through us for us to just inherently know when to make certain decisions that lead to bigger success than we thought possible. That's all divinity to me. And it's not dissimilar from what Wayne Dyer says in a book that I'd never read before that I decided to kind of paraphrase and share with you because of how much I like his work. And yet here we are for the second straight day reading a message almost verbatim that I'd already had earlier today. That message is you are a divine creation of God. You can never be separate from that which created you. If you can think of God as the ocean, and yourself as a container. You may find it helpful in moments of doubt, or when you feel lost or alone to remember, you are a container of God. When you dip your glass into the ocean, what you have is a glass of God. It's not as big or as strong as the entire ocean in the sum total whole, but it's still God. As long as you refuse to believe otherwise, you can't ever really feel separate from that source. Think of a drop of water from the ocean of abundance that is separated from its source. Separated from its source, that droplet of water will ultimately eventually evaporate and return to its source. Right? Like when it takes something out of the ocean, put it a little bit in the bottom of a bucket, wait for it to evaporate, it goes up into the clouds and will eventually come back down as rain. It's incredible. The same thing happens with you, with me, with all of us, right? If we were put here from the source, meaning we were infinite beforehand, then we came here into this place and time to be a spiritual person living a human existence. Then we will return back to the source, right? When we die, that's how this would work. But while you're separate in your mind from the source, you lose that divine power. You would lose the power of your source. Just like the drop of water, you too would end up changing forms and ultimately return to your source. As long as you feel disconnected from the higher power, you lose the power of that source, which is ultimately the power to create, to be miraculous, to experience the joy of being alive. It's crazy to think of how easy this really all might be. Right. How many different times have you tried to conceptualize what makes certain people more successful than others? Don't get me wrong. There's the right place. There's the right time. But that could be some divinity in its own right. Intellect certainly plays a role in it. I believe societal constructs also play a role in it. Right. You could be a, a brilliant individual born into a family of impoverished means. And you have significantly more to overcome in order to make an impact in the world. But it doesn't mean you can't make the impact or that you're not divinely supposed to. 
The opposite of that would be there are plenty of very well-to-do people that have children that can't move the needle if they needed to. They simply occupy space and time until they die. Right? So I don't know how much the socioeconomic standards really hold you bound into one ability to grow and scale versus another. But nonetheless, we are all divine in our own right and what we're capable of. But in order to fully understand that, you'd have to tap into your ability to disassociate and more deeply understand your ego. You see, your ego, in my opinion, is nothing more than an idea you carry around with you everywhere you go. That idea tells you that you are the sum total of what you have, what you do, and who you are. Your ego would insist that you are a separate being and that your personality and your body are your essence. And from that place, you then have to be in competition with literally every other ego to get your share of the pie. Even in that sentence, if you were just to get your share of the pie, that would mean the pie is finite and ultimately limited. Therefore, as your ego would assert, you must be wary of others who also want all that they feel they are entitled to. Consequently, your ego would lead you to believe there are enemies to be wary of at all times. Right? You'd have to be separate from them, so you'd have to have an enemy because that label would then define your enemy. And since you're separate and you can define them, you must disdain from cooperating with them for fear of being cheated. The result would then be at some level you'd have to distrust everyone. Have you been there before? I know I certainly have. The times in which my ego was the most fragile or most large were the times I had the least amount of trust in humanity to myself. Because that ego tells you that you're separate from everything that's missing in your life. And so you must spend a great deal of energy chasing after what's missing. Moreover, because who you are according to your ego is your body and your personality. And neither one of those are connected to the source. They're just simply who you are. God or the source, the higher power, would have to then be outside of you. A force to fear, a force of reckoning. Just like all those external forces that have attempted to try to control you your entire life. So from that standpoint, think of this. You would then beg the external force to provide you with special powers to overcome all the other egos who are trying so very hard to snare and snag what is rightfully yours. How many times in your life have you dropped down to your knees or closed your eyes, folded your hands in prayer, and begged to God to take care of something for you? We all have. But that would then mean that God, higher power source, would have to be external from you. And that would also mean that your ego would have to be in control because you would then be relinquishing your power to something that is greater than you instead of in you, right? You're not grasping your hands together and kneeling down in prayer to make sure that your lungs fill with air until that is you don't have any more air. But the entire rest of your existence, that never happens. See, that ego that you have, that we all have, keeps you in a consistent state of fear, worry, anxiety, stress. It implores you to do better 
and to be better than every person around you. It would then beseech you to push hard. And then by pushing so hard, you would have to be the one to get God on your side. In short, it would maintain your separate status from God and allows you to be terrified of your own divinity. This all goes back to the thought process that we are all one. And if we are one and interconnected, then we came from the source. And then we would all be sorcerers, which means we could orchestrate our lives versus observant and would then mean that we can embrace our divinity. Because remember, there would have to be no place from that standpoint that God or a higher power or the source would not be. Right? Wherever you're listening to this right now, he would have to be or she in you, around you, and through you at all times. I would encourage you to begin to remind yourself of this every day. Not from a standpoint of having to define God as a specific creature or being. And I don't care what religious dogma you adhere to. It's simply assuming and understanding the fact that whatever is a higher power than you are is literally all around you, all-encompassing at all times. Think of God as a presence rather than a person. It's that presence that would have to allow a seed to sprout. That same presence would have to help stars move across the sky and simultaneously allow thoughts to move across your mind. That presence would grow grass and grow your fingernails at the same rate at the same time. This presence then would have to be everywhere. And if it's everywhere, then it has to also be in you just as it is in me. In some really inexplicable way, you're already connected to all that you'd like to attract in your life by the presence of this universal, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-embodying spirit of the source. It's crazy when you start to reframe what's possible just from that standpoint. No longer does it have to be something external. It's just all around you and in you. You would then be a piece of God, a piece of the creator, a piece of the source. You'd have to be a divine creation. A being of light and energy that showed up here as a human being at the exact moment in time you were supposed to. Your birth date was no chance. It was no accident. How many of us are actually born on the day that we were told we were supposed to be born? Almost nobody. Your body will end up departing this earth at precisely the right moment when you have learned what you need to learn. But you nor I are really the body that we behold. Nor are we its personality or any possession that we've accomplished. We are simply love. A miracle. A small piece of the eternal perfection that is this universe. Which would then mean a piece of the divine intelligence that supports everything and everyone on this planet. In this world, which this divine intelligence creates everything, there could literally be no accident. It's no accident that right here, right now, in this moment, you are listening to my words talk to you about divinity. For some reason, at some point in your evolutional journey, you required to have this downloaded into your brain. How else could it be? There is no other way. 
Every time you experience fear, self-rejection, anxiety, guilt, or hate, you end up denying your divinity and succumbing to the influences of the insidious ego mind that has convinced you of your disconnection to God. So what if just for a moment, super hypothetically, the idea of God and a devil, heaven and hell, are nothing more than the source versus your ego? What if when you get trapped in your ego, that is actually the definition of purgatory? Because it shuts down your ability to process all the beauty that's around you and what could be more painful than that in the moment in which you have to experience it all. It's really incredible to think this. See, I'm going to encourage you from this episode to start to rely on the source, right? God, higher power, ultimate being. Rely on it from a standpoint that it includes you at all times. There's never a point in your life or in your journey where this thing is not all around you. And that the trials and tribulations that you might have experienced are lessons to keep you in alignment to where you ultimately are designed to go. And that it's your ego that feels the pain of rejection and fear. But if you can embody the fact that it's your ego, which is ultimately the devil, right? The antithesis of, of what it means to be of the source would be as simple to strike out that negative force by just returning your energy into the source, which is positivity, love, and light. It's crazy to think of how much time I personally have wasted, and maybe you have wasted, being angry, resentful, hateful, afraid of things that don't really matter. Right? Those are all low vibrational forces, and low vibrational forces pull you further away from the spectrum of light that would be high vibration, which would be positivity, which would be the source. Like, I know we've went very metaphysical with Wayne Dyer this week. Over the past eight days, nine days, we've been all over the map. But I would ask you just to be open to consider the possibility that all of this might actually be correct. Because by the very nature of you listening to this show, there's a chance there's a part of your life that's not working. Just a chance. And just a small part doesn't mean your life has to be burning to the ground. But why wouldn't you try to adopt this and reach out and ask questions about this to try to prove it wrong? Or more specifically, to try to prove it right. You know, it's been a little while since I've asked you to join the Life Optimization Group. It's inside of Facebook. Now that the event's over and my client load's consistent, I don't have anything coming up until you know, the end of May where there's another larger group event in Dallas, Texas. I'm going to pour a lot more energy and effort daily into the group. Adding value, adding consistency. You see, once we get to a thousand members, it's a complimentary group. There's no expense. Once we get to that thousand members, I'm going to coach complimentary every day for 30 days. I will, during that time, ask for donations. Cringe. How could you ask for donations? I'm going to ask for donations because I'm going to match them. 
And then we're going to decide as a group which charity gets them. Right? To, to have is to give. The information that I share on this microphone that you consume through your speakers, through your headphones, through your ear pods, whatever it would be, is all not mine. It's ours. And it's ours because I didn't create it. It just came to me. So why should I hold on to it just like the money that we all hold so tightly on to? We give away what we think we can't get more of. We prove to the universe that we deserve more of it. Constriction is the opposite of growth. What do most of us do when we get, I'll call it financially constipated, we get nervous about money, we say, I have to cut back my spending. It would be my belief system in those moments that that actually is sending a sign to the universe that you want more of the same. I mean, why would you be rewarded with more money if you're just going to hold on to it and hoard it for yourself? See, what you may not have considered up until this moment is when you tip the waiter or waitress after there's been bad service. And you tip 25% because to whom much is given, much is expected. And what does that extra 5% ultimately matter to you on a $30 bill? It's a dollar and 50 cents. But there's a chance that that dollar 50 changes the trajectory of what that server believes to be possible. Not only from a fiscal standpoint, but also from a faith and humanity standpoint. You have to let go to receive. You have to slow down to go. It's just how I believe the world to work. And when you can embody that, plus some of the other teachings and lessons from this past nine days of training, it is my belief that you will more consistently be able to get shit done. <laughs>